condition, my condition was in. I woke up this morning with the sun down, shining in. Him. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind. On a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. Just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sundown. Lord more big stacks and jacks. I'm Tamau. Rick Pappas on the board. SB futures down eight. NASDAQ futures down 61. It's a very huge day again yesterday. Apple's earnings came out. Uh, they had, what, four or five consecutive quarters of less revenue, but the Apple. Uh, funds are on the air today. It doesn't matter. They're in the greatest shape ever, whatever. So, but they beat on the bottom line. Uh, they did not beat on the top line. Um, but the stock's only down five bucks, five forty-two, still one seventy-two fifteen. Uh, so, yeah, uh, well, I, I think it's still in pretty fine shape. Small <coughs> apology from from me for yesterday. Uh, apologies to everybody for being late with the show yesterday. That was a mistake. My fault. And also, that's two weeks in a row. The week before, I had misdone or mistook, um, what was it, beans per acre for corn per acre. So if anybody was confused, uh, it's 150 or so bushels per acre for corn, which trade around 4 to $5. And uh, what was it? Probably about 14 to $15 per bushel for beans, and that was about 50 bushels per acre. So corn, bean, what's the difference? If it, yeah, I got those backwards without thinking and got a couple comments so apologies to a yesterday uh screwing up the timing of the show and then b uh, the week before about getting the bushels what is the uh, backwards when you say the average in the in the corn in the the big the big swath of the best dirt the best it. dirt gets like 200 200 plus yeah, bushels per yeah. acre and you know on average Throughout the U.S., you know, you get 150 to 170. I think the the total number was closer to um, 170. But but yeah, we were talking about the yield of a farm, and I had mixed those two numbers up. I guess I was going. Do we have the professor, Kevin? Oh, we got him. Good morning. Yes, we do. Hey, uh, real quick on, on the corn question. There I was. Uh, Audrey was trying to kill me at an early age. Uh, we used to go to this bed and breakfast up in, uh, I don't know, you went up to Madison and turned left and went for a while. It was Richmond Center, Veracqua, I don't know, some little, great little town. These people had a uh, multi, I guess, multi-business uh, farm, for lack of a better term, Kevin. They had a whole bunch of dairy cows. Uh, they also had uh, a bed and breakfast. 
the guy, uh, they kind of sold some horses. He was a, a cutting horse rodeo guy. You know what that is? No. Now, how come, you know, Kevin, you know, he lives up on the burbs. He doesn't know any of this stuff. I don't live in any burbs. You used to live in the, you grew up in the burbs. Now you're in Michigan. You don't even yeah, know now I live in the country. I mean, you don't know what, it, you don't even have a cutting horse, for God's sake. Anyway, cutting horses are, are, uh, especially, they're, they're, they're a certain, they're not a breed, I guess, but they, they're, they're bred too, whatever that means. Um, if, if they put a big hunk of, of cattle in the, in the, Stall or, or in a big corral, and everybody's got a number on them. And they'll get everybody, all the cows have a number on them, and all of a sudden they'll flash like seven. And you got to move all the other cows out of the way and move number seven over into the to wherever you want to send them to go. That's called a cutting horse. And it's actually it's a, it's an amazing technique. And these guys, this guy was a cutting horse rodeo guy, which is was pretty phenomenal, I, I thought. And uh, anyway. But they would grow corn on this pretty hilly landscape in, in uh, Wisconsin, but they would never harvest it, uh, Greg. They would just, I don't know if they knocked it down or it fell over on its own. They also ran cattle for, I think it was uh, Citigroup or somebody, where once the, the, the calf was weaned, they would, get, uh, they would ship them out there. They're probably, what, eight months old maybe? I don't know. And they, they got paid like a, a penny a pound for everything they all gained. So they all would run around out there and eat the corn and grass or whatever, and the corn was all knocked over. They never even harvested it. Now, is that, does that even count anywhere? Probably doesn't, does it? Do people do that? I think there's different tax incentives for that, and people do uh, do the land play, and they use it as grazing and get a tax discount. And then uh, also the farmers for... There's different classifications, I think, for farmland that, that really determine who does what on what land so because yeah because I mean, that corn but that corn never even gets registered it just gets planted right. and knocked down it's just, that's not perfect but I mean, you could never harvest that because it's all kind of hilly but obviously the, the cattle could get there and eat it yep and even better um <laughs> you know they're doing their business out there too and fertilizing the yeah <laughs> so you know it's probably very uh, healthy soil the soil diversity is very high yeah it's a uh, so get a load of this, Kevin. Um, just a quick anecdote. Um, we decide we, Oid decides we are going to go riding, right? Okay. So we're going riding with the dude. Now they just had a, a bunch of snow on top of some ice, and I'm thinking this isn't going to be good. So they give me the horse, you know, like old Mo or something. So I get on old Mo, and he turns around, he turns his head around, and he looks at me like, "Here's a rookie." <laughs> He knew right away. I had no idea what I was doing. So Audrey, the guy, the guy wants to ride this cutting horse thing, which is all charged up. She gives, he gives Audrey his his normal, you know, round up the steer horse. And the guy thinks he's supposed to be out there rounding up steers, the horse, and that's what he does. So he sees the steers down there, and he sees a couple that are off to the side. And Audrey's like standing. All of a sudden, the guy starts. He's like running in place, like letting her know. I'm supposed to get down there and move those guys back go, over. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. You know, <laughs> so finally they go out there, and, and she didn't have to do anything. This guy, this guy, this guy, this horse, and I'm sitting there going, and the, my horse kept slipping. I'm thinking, if this guy goes down, he's going down on top of me. I was never so happy to get off that horse and get to the bar of my life. I'm just, I'm just not a horse guy. I like to bet on him, but that's about it. Just saying. Now I know listeners are going to say, that's what that guy is like. 
So yeah. I was gonna say that was a fun story. It was a fun story. Chief hates animals. No, I love horses. I just you know I would never be mean to one. I clean stalls. I do whatever I have to do. But I'm just not not much of a rider kind of guy. I just didn't do it young and whatever. Just saying. I, I wish sure I could do the sound effects. I would. Yeah, but then then has <laughs> well, got this guy running a play. Not the, uh, not the subject I anticipated for this morning, but no. cool. Yeah. So, um, what are we? We've got stuff going all over the place, Kevin. We've got the, the Fed doing their stuff. It's it's. I've, I've been trying to research, sort of in recorded history, anytime a a central bank of the world's reserve currency decided to essentially denigrate the value of that with benefiting some people and hurting virtually everybody else. I've, I've never seen anything like it. And I don't know why we absolutely do not pick up on the fact that hey, it worked. A, that's what we're doing. And I, I don't... But uh, but having said that, we've talked about that kind of... What do you, what do you make of this Michigan situation? Uh, pretty hard to make of anything of it. Um, look at it like this, just to... Uh, for the listeners... Um, Michigan is accused of, and there's pretty strong evidence that suggests that they were violating the uh, conference rules, NCAA rules, by um, sending people uh, to surreptitiously go to upcoming opponents' games and video their sideline signals and steal them. Um, This is is similar to to what went on with the Astros. a, a, a few years ago, there there are things that you know if if you if you pick up the other team's signals on the from the sideline, everybody will say cool that's gamesmanship, but if you pick up the other team's signals, um, uh, by sending people out, you're you're just not allowed to do that. You know some teams have big, bigger budgets than others. It's just considered an unfair advantage, and allegedly the uh, Big Ten coaches are very up in arms about this. Um, and there's some videos uh, of people on the sidelines calling out the other team's play so that the defense can adjust to it and so on. So there's there's a lot of evidence. The weird part about it is that the FBI is involved. Um, and you, you, st- you have to start asking yourself, okay, what would get the FBI involved in this kind of a situation? And, you know, there there isn't much. Um, it... it it could be uh, if you were hacking into um, opponents' computers and stealing video and, and things like that. You know, hacking into their networks. Um, that would that would be an FBI type of case. It would also be an FBI kind of case if there was something illegal going on on the computer uh, via computer. Um, that related to the people who were involved in this so that it, you know either in the investigation into the video they found something worse maybe related but um, just as likely not related or if the FBI was investigating and that's what triggered this secondary investigation into sign sealing um, that involves Michigan but is not a federal crime I uh How's that for tap dancing around issues? Well, I mean, so, so we can only speculate because I, I, I've, I've seen, I've seen some accusations, but I have not seen anything that I consider evidence that would make me want to talk about, you know, to go any deeper on the, in the, on the air. Yeah, I, I feel the same At way. Least not yet. I feel the same way only because I, I when I first dug into this maybe ten days ago or a week ago, I immediately pulled up this article, and the article was amazingly damning. 
which now I can't find it, right? So I'm, I'm kind of reluctant to quote from it. you got to stop cleaning up in your office. You lose things every time you do. You know what? I, I'm wondering if this thing might have got scrubbed uh, because it had to do with um, the interrelationship inter- between the two Harbaugh brothers and how when uh, Michigan had a couple of down years, these two guys were, were sent essentially from John to Jim. And, 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 and join the Michigan staff, Stallions and some. Other, I thought there was a guy named Weiss too. I mean, now yeah, I Weiss, W I S S. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and somehow or another, when this thing got moving, one of the guys had stuff on the computer that shouldn't have been there. Uh, uh, you know, it had nothing to do with football. I'll just say that. And I, and they they all they also the allegations were that they found a whole bunch of Ohio State practice tapes. Or something where they hacked into the Ohio State something something or somebody I don't know if they went if they hacked into practice or they but there was an awful lot of stuff on there that had nothing to that was way far beyond the just you know grabbing it stuff. Was, it wasn't a video of sign stealing to be analyzed. It was it was deeper than that. Yeah, because now it's just, and now by Harbaugh somehow not cooperating in the this investigation, which I guess he gets to do legally. He's also messing with the other one, which is like felony stuff, which is puts him kind of in a bad spot. This is according to this one article. Now I can't find it, so I don't know if they made the guy pull it or Michigan somehow. <laughs> no, I think I sent it to you, so I, I probably have it in my sent mail. Okay, because I mean, it was, but it, wasn't that some of the accusations of these guys? And, and there are two guys that came from the brother, correct? Yeah, yeah, they came from the Ravens staff. Yep. Um, anywho, so. But now, what? Uh, what? So, as you can imagine, they, um, with Michigan rated where they are, that this could have implications for college football playoffs, and whether uh, if the investigation is complete, uh, or, uh, could Michigan be facing a playoff ban? Could the Big Ten be fa- uh, sanctioning them and saying you can't play in our championship game? Well, I just I'm just reading this article here about uh, today. Just, I mean, I to be honest with you, Kevin, I don't I don't know how. I mean, in baseball, obviously, if you know what's coming, it's, it's a pretty serious thing because it's a, it's a one-on-one relationship, even though it's allegedly a team game. But this, this article here... Well, it's by, more than allegedly a team game, but 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 there are a lot of one-on-one matchups, so I, I will concede you that. Well, I mean... It, I, I wouldn't go with allegedly a team game. It's a team game. Well, I'm saying if it's, it's an odd team game in the sense that if a fly ball goes out to left field, you have to catch it. You can't get any help, you know? Or if you're in a batter's box, no, you can't get any help. I mean, so it's 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 a little different. I guess football's sort of the same way. If you're the guard, you have to block the guy in front of you. But you know what I'm saying? It's a yeah. Uh, but it, I, I I know what you're saying. I'm just I'm, I'm quibbling with the characters. Yes, I mean I I think it's way more of a team game than any of the stats people do. I mean, I think if you got somebody batting behind you, when you're going to get better pitches. That's worth a bunch, but the stat people tell you it's not worth anything. You know, it's well, but the stat people actually do tell you it's worth a lot to see more pitches, because um, part of part of team baseball is uh, that you don't uh, th- that you want to uh, force the other team to get to their middle relief on you. Right. Well, well, anyway, we're we're veering off. Topic. What I'm saying is, is, and I'm reading this article here by Nick Schultz here, and he's from, but uh, his one of them here I read said that. That somebody, one of the other teams, was a TCU or somebody, 
was it last year or the year before, was, was tipped off that they were doing this. They mixed up their signs and they beat them. That was awesome. I didn't know exactly what yeah. you're talking they, about. They, they beat them. Yeah. So, so, so could it be, I guess, Kevin, you know way more about football than me when it, when it comes to that kind of stuff because I never played really organized. Is it, is it that important where if, where if one team all of a sudden knew you were doing it or, or let's put it this way, if Michigan counted on doing it and all of a sudden they couldn't, could some team not as good beat them? It looks like they did. Well, it, it, it's, it's can they burn them. Yeah. Right. So you you don't just change your signs, play after play after play. You wait for that key moment and then you nail them with it. Okay. So you have to be almost good at it too to screw them really pretty good. Uh, you know wh- what greater joy is there when someone's trying to screw you? You get them first. <laughs> I, you know what? I got I got a go reason with... to live, Tom. It's yeah. a reason to live. It is. It is, it is well, it's certainly. If you ever thought on the trading floor somebody was front running, you could front run him. The only problem is how do you front run a front runner? When you when you don't have no information, just just saying. But uh, no, the the market has been amazingly resilient since the Fed meeting. Uh, we're up basically a boatload. Uh, most people's interpretation is that the the Fed basically said they're they're letting things uh, loosen up, and uh, when and not in so many words. I mean, if you listen to the dude. You can read all the all the verbiage, and you can say what he said. But I tell you what he said. <laughs> he said that if inflation doesn't come down fast enough, they'll get there eventually. And oh, by the way, uh, you know they're not they're not the price problems that are that are affecting people. No, they're just gonna have to live with it basically. And that's there's no he he, he told everybody that the forty percent or thirty five percent price bubble that everybody is grappling with in this country. Is here to stay. They have no. They have no intention of fighting that, and it's just a question of how much inflation we have going forward, whether it's two or three or four percent. It's not going to be zero, so you're you're, you're never going to get that back. The, the price of the pickup truck is never going to come back from eighty to forty. Forget about it. Forget about it. And and that's what you now have to deal with. Now, some that actually sounds like a reasonable position to take. Um. Yeah, and and for. And for those, uh, but it, it I, I mean, I'm the only person, I saw some people last night, they were actually from Singapore, and they were pretty astounded at what was going on. And I, the, the, the position I have, uh, Kevin, is, to put it blunt, uh, because I've studied this more than most people, why I picked this topic, I have no idea. I, I should have picked football, I could have made money on it or something. Uh, I don't think our people know or care I don't know which in order there, the ramifications this has to individual people all over the place. I'm talking worldwide, not just here. We're, we're not talking about the Turkish lira. We're talking about the U.S. dollar we're doing this to. It's a, it's a big friggin' difference. I mean, and, and, you, and, uh, and, it's, and it's stunning to me when people say, we had a discussion last night, the price of oil is up to 80 bucks. I mean, the price of oil is actually down over the last four years because it was f- 55 or 60 and now the dollar is worth 40% less and oil is only 82 it's, it is amazingly hard for anybody to, to look at the flip side of that especially if you live in the Midwest the dollar has always been there for you it's been in your pocket hopefully you had a couple in your pocket your whole life you never look to the dollar as, as the culprit but in this case it is and I don't know how you know, I don't, I don't know how enough people will understand that to stop it from happening. I don't see it happening. Do you? No, 
Uh, no, as, as as you ask it, and I think about it, no, not really. I, you know, we're, we're we've kind of been saying this for for a while. We're pretty screwed. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if if uh, if Grandma O'Neill is still alive, and she didn't like n- nothing about some dirty stock market because she got you know she got hit in the twenty nine crash. My uncle used to tell me. I bought I bought Northern Tissue and the, during the crash and the crash I got wiped out. You know it was his joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I see, but I mean, if, you know, if if your grandma had a million bucks in the bank, that million is worth six hundred grand now. But grandma doesn't put two to, two together and get her broom out and, and whack a politician upside the head. She maybe would want to. She she knows she knows she got screwed somehow, but she's not exactly sure how, because you have faith in the dollar. It's our, it's our, it's our, it's our currency. And the one thing you learn when you when you get to some, you know, monetary theory classes, there's a, a, the dollar, the currency is a good like any other. It derives its value from its scarcity. It's the same as what happened is, is if we found some huge oil well in the middle of the city of Chicago. Guess what? The, the price of oil, the price of gasoline is going down in Chicago, isn't it? If all of a sudden there's so much oil you could walk over there and. We didn't. Even, it wasn't even oil. It was gasoline. It was coming out of the ground. You just go over and fill up. You think they'd still be getting five hours of gallon in the city? I think not. Right. So, so uh, on uh, on Archer Avenue, up from the ground, come a bubbling crude. Yeah, yeah. That'd be about fifteen Jed Clampett saying that that's that's their oil, right? No, it'd be South Side, dude. It'd be the South Siders. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <God. laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't be doggy. It would be uh, what what would be a good South Side expression? Securities. And- did we just get hacked? <laughs> no, that's that's yeah, the uh, program it. restarting. Sorry. <laughs> See if anybody has a, uh, um, a Michigan.edu uh, address that's logged <laughs> in right now. What do you make of uh, the the Apple situation, Kevin? I mean, I know I'm jumping this one at you, but they seem to be hanging in there. Their their cash available. It's still like 162 billion. It's down like four percent. Uh, they're still buying old stock back. I think. Um, their revenue is is shrinking a little bit, but certainly not a lot. Their margins, they keep trying to raise prices, and uh, because we had some people in here yesterday, we were talking to some clients, and they go, "How how are, how's the Apple maintaining their margin, and even maybe increasing it?" When I just got my new iPhone for free, of course it's not really free. It isn't free. That's yeah. the point. Well, but but I guess uh, what. Is the deal that AT and T or Verizon or somebody, what what are they paying Apple for the phone? Does anybody have any idea? I mean, I, I don't know how they're they're pro- I'm sure they're not paying them uh, retail, but they're paying them. Okay, so then they're just adding it to and, your bill. And whatever. it's a large margin margin item, so Apple can afford to have other agreements like that. What do you What do you think their situation is, vis a vis China? Are they they're in so deep they can't just say, you know, we're out of here. Yeah, but they want to. They want to. They want to move their production to India, among other places, uh-huh. or Vietnam, or or that. So you know they're interested in that. But a- Apple's got a different problem. Apple was has long been known as an innovation company, and I don't think they are known as an innovation company anymore. Well, this I, happens I, everybody, you know, right? I think I think they're a commodity seller now. Well, it happens everybody, doesn't it? Eventually, yeah. I mean, it was it was Sony. It was you, you can name them as you go down Kodak. I mean, you name as you go down the road, right? IBM, for lack of a better term, or low, they still seem to hang in there in some segments. Um, but it's hard to it's hard to be. I mean, you 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 uh, one of these days I'm going to dig up the uh, 
Morgan Stanley nif- Nifty 50, or maybe Greg can do it. Well, these are the stacks you needed for like your whole lifetime. And boy, there's, I don't know how many were even still around. Xerox? Uh, yeah, and that, you know, the, the mix changes. There's always the dominant people in the, uh, um, in, in the market and in the indexes. Um, but team, you know, uh, uh, companies do enter and exit. What, uh, what do you, what do you make of, um, this, this is a really, uh, we're going to break here real quick so you can maybe chew on this one. What do you make of the fact that uh, it seems to me that these companies have so much money now, they get so big that they almost, I mean, you didn't see Xerox or Kodak, maybe maybe because they were idiots, I don't know, or weren't, weren't forward-seeking enough. Uh, I mean, Microsoft, anybody that looks like they're ad- advancing, they just buy without any regard to antitrust or anything. And, and You know, I'm not saying that they shouldn't be able to or should I mean, I don't know the details of it, but... It's a whole different kind of program. That they'll just, I mean, I don't know, Xerox, those other places, or Kodak, instead of just buying everybody around because they had some money. Yeah, they, it's, it, it, it's, uh, it's just vertical markets expansion. It's, uh, you, you have to have new product lines, whether you acquire them or whether you um, develop them yourself. It doesn't matter. You have to have new product lines because sooner or later, um, your uh, your star products turn into cash cows, and eventually they dwindle down from there. And you have to use that money from your commodity stuff to fuel your new products so that they continue to grow. And you know, I think that's where some of the uh, old line companies, uh, the Kodaks and people like that, that's where they broke down. Is they they said why you know if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And to an extent, that's okay. But at some point, you have to start saying, "Well, we need we need to be fresh. We we need to see what we need to read the trends in the world and and adapt to them." Well, you also uh, end up zero uh, zooming out into areas where the margin isn't anywhere near the same. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to advise anybody to do any trading in Amazon or whatever because they obviously are a lot of stuff going on. But when you start seeing people with a uh, a margin. You know, if, if Greg's got a camera store in uh, North Dakota, and I buy a camera through Amazon from that place for you know 500 bucks, and Amazon gets a spiff either for just the order or for a percentage. I don't know. I don't know how they. You know more percentage. About that. If they get a spiff for that, that looks to me like the margin, the the the, the margin in terms of variable cost is is 100, right, or infinite. Yeah, so the uh, uh, margin for who? For Amazon. Uh, yeah, it's sort of, you know, there's there's some cost to, uh, um, you know, to the space, the you know, where the inventory is held, to all of that but kind I'm of saying stuff. if it just comes from, I'm talking but, about... Yeah, but in general, the uh, gross margin on it is, is nothing unless they're doing their uh, fulfillment for the company, too. Yeah, I'm saying if, if, the, if the, the thing comes in a package from the guy's store in North Dakota, they never even touch it. It's damn near infinite, right? But then when you say, okay, UPS is charging us a little too much, and UPS is making 8% margin, and you decide to deliver the stuff yourself because you want to save the 8%, now it's nowhere near infinite, is it? I mean, it, when you start getting in these unsilary businesses, it's like when people wanted Apple to get in the car business. Okay, it was before COVID, before they tripled the price or double the price so, of the car. So why, so why would Amazon do that, Tom? I, I I think they run out of the... Amazon did get into the car business. And didn't they exit already? Yeah, well, they they tried. Rivian? A, yeah. They've got a, they got a fleet out of it. What I'm saying is... is, is Not you, every initiative is, is going to uh, succeed, but 
but why you know why would they uh, why would they get more into distribution? I test drove one of those the SUVs. It was awesome. Really? Yeah. Well, they, they, what I'm saying, Kevin, is they, they maybe have a million good reasons. You know more about that than me because you're the distribution guy. But I'm saying you're you're not going to be infinite on your margin there, like you were when you started out on the other stuff. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So what are they doing? They're staving off competition, right. protecting your market share, or, or maybe They're making it really, really hard for anybody else to uh, to grab a significant share of the market because they can still deliver faster and you know and and have a distribution network. Now, does does is will that last forever? Of course not. Well, it also means you got to handle it when you used to. But that you know that that sort of knocks it down to them and to Walmart and, and hardly anybody else who can. Who can try and match them? But Walmart is making inroads. But you also now have to pay taxes before you could cheat. Yeah. Anyway, SP futures down four and a quarter, and SP futures down thirty-seven. I don't think we're going to stay down here, even with the Apple stuff. I bet we're up on the day. Uh, I have, when I say bet, I haven't not made a trade, but I would, I wouldn't surprise me. This week's been pretty strong, and I'm, I think maybe today might be strong, unless there's been a little a little wariness about the war on the weekend, which we have seen. A little weariness on Friday, then we come right back on Monday. wonder if we're going to do that again this week. We will see. Be right back. Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Stocks, jocks, and jocks. stocks, and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Snacks and Jacks. I'm Tom about Greg Pappas on the board. I don't think we got enough to talk about this morning. we got SP futures down four and a quarter. NSA futures down 37. We've got the big labor report coming up in a half hour. We'll have Carl on for that. Make that in an hour. Uh, we'll have Carl on for that. We've got the Israeli war. We've got the Ukraine war. we got the head of, uh, we got, there's south side. We had a target coming on saying the consumer is definitely slowing down, not only in, in areas like... Uh, food and everything else, but in other, I mean, uh, discretionary stuff, but now it's starting to extend toward food and everything else. Meanwhile, other people are saying the economy is absolutely going bonkers. Who do you believe? You know, Ghostbusters or whatever. Uh, Dow Futures up nine. Uh, we've got the, over in Asia, these guys have been strong. Strong again today. Nikkei up 348, 1.1%. Hang Seng up 433, 2.5%. 17,664. Nobody's worried about going back through 17,000. We're going to go through 18,000 now. Shanghai up 21.7%. So, uh, you know, key economic data in Asia is coming out all over the place. And evidently, it's a little better than expected. Whoever, whoever the expectators are in China, I don't know, but it's been expected to be so lousy. The DAX, however, is only up 9. Call that flat. FTSE's down 7. Call that flat. Kakaron down 13.2%. So Europe 
uh, is having a big pause this morning, just like we are. Yesterday, Dow up 564. Now that's a rally. S&P up 79, a real rally. That's, and Nasdaq up 232. Those are all well into the high one, almost two percent across the board. It's, it's a bigger, big, bigger days we've had in a long time. Uh, bonds down two basis points. Now this is part of it. Ten years, 4.64. Nowhere near the five we thought we were going to break through. A uh, bun 2.71, unchanged. Japan minus three basis points, 0.92. That's a little. That's the one that's a little tricky. They get to one percent. That's like a decade high. Uh, oil. We've got, which can't seem to get out of its own way. Same spot, 82.87. It's up 40 cents, but not much. Rent up 26 cents, 87.11. Natural gas up two cents, 3.50. Our bob unchanged, 2.24. We've got gold up a buck 70, 19.95. Silver, guess what? Under 23 bucks. After it was over 23, it's now 22.73. Man, if I could have bought silver at 22 and sold it at 23, I think I've done it about 100 times this year. You can't, that doesn't mean you can do it tomorrow, right, Greg? A copper unchanged, 366. Bitcoin, which has been rallying, not so much today, down 687, 34,238. And the U.S. dollar, which has been uh, weakening, um, today it's, uh, it's weakening again. As the pound is 106.5, it was down below 105, I think, a few days ago. I'm sorry, the euro. Pound is 122. That's as high as it's been for a while as well. So we've got the dollar down, we've got interest rates uh, down, and we've got gold flat and market way up that's what we got greg what do you got for us traveling weather sports good morning everyone 6 41 a.m here central time chicago's 46 degrees now 56 uh, today mostly cloudy and breezy phoenix 56 degrees right now 87 today warm with a lot of sunshine traffic inbound kennedy mop from montrose is 17 minutes inbound edens from lake cook is 34 minutes inbound ike from wolf is 24 minutes and the ryan 25th to the interchange 18 minutes and the Stevenson, 294 to the Ryan is 23 minutes. Uh, let's see. NFL last night. Steelers win at home, 20-16. to 16 I couldn't days. watch them. There couldn't have been a game. <laughs> Against the Titans, uh, Will Levis was complaining a little bit. But, you know. Was it so, Trubisky the quarterback or the other guy playing? For? Steelers. Oh. Um, I think they got Levis versus... Pickett was playing... Pickett. That was Mike. Pickett, Pickett, was Pickett Kenny. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all I got, Chief. Back to you. Well, just be real quick on the on the numbers coming out today, we're looking for uh, 170. Well, we were, last month we were uh, 336, which is a huge outlier. Now, this month we're, look, we're t- looking at 170. We're looking at unemployment rate at 3.8, sort of the same as it was. Uh, Mike, since you're here, all, all this stuff going on on a Friday, we have had... Friday's being somewhat weak. Now, this is every and Monday. When there's not a world war, we shoot back up. Now, we just had two huge days in a row. Is that going to play into today? We're going to pause today, and then, and then and the rally keeps going on Monday if things don't get any worse than they are. What do you, what, what's your tie-in between markets and, and, and wars? How's that for a question? I would say it, it might go back up again on Monday, Tom, but, you know, that's purely a guess. Well, you don't have, you're not long spoos? No, I'm not long anything. Oh, God. So, what, I don't want to know about it. Oh, God. Kevin doesn't want to know about it. The uh, Meanwhile, Greg is furiously trading over there when he's not on the board. You know, um, what, I guess, where, where do we start, I guess, was the question. With all this stuff, the guy from Target, the guy, the T- CEO comes out and says, in his mind, I'll give you the exact, exact wordage here from what he said before I just, um, he, uh, he says the 
they have they have been pulling back. They've had consecutive quarters, seven consecutive quarters of declining sales of discretionary items such as apparel and toys in terms of both dollars and units. So they're doing the inflation adjustment there for us so we don't have to do it. That was nice of them. But even in the food and beverage categories over the last few quarters, the units, the number of items they're buying has been declining. Now, I, I find this, this guy coming out and saying this amazingly refreshing rather than us not having, having to do the math. Okay, McDonald's sales are up 8%, but oh, by the way, they raise prices 20%. He's doing the math for us, which is what actually people used to do back in the, the 70s and early 80s when there was every, every CEO would say, by the way, these are our sales, these were our units, and the rest was because of price increases. We, this is the first guy now I've seen that's actually given us the report. I think it's kind of refreshing. What do you guys think? Well, I would say it's also refreshing, but you know, I want to talk about what you were addressing earlier with Kevin about uh, you know inflation is here to stay. Yeah, I don't think our elites care about what happens to regular American people. And it's unfortunately a symptom from both sides of the aisle. And it's just sad to see uh, us turning into a Zimbabwe or a Nigeria with inflation kind of running rampant to a degree. And, and then we get hurt uh, by losing money. Well, I think to be what you just said to be specifically accurate, what you're saying is the the price the balloon in the price level is here to stay, even if inflation goes back the rate from today forward goes back to two percent, which most people would find accept, acceptable. They're not going to attack the bubble. So right now, when people talk about inflation, they really talk about the current price level. And you know, since I used to walk to class with you that they're two separate topics. One is the price bubble, right? Right, yep. Just to give a real stupid example, if, if you don't have to pay, if, if the Murphys don't have to pay to park their car in front of their house, in Chicago you do, by the way, and all of a sudden tomorrow somebody lobs you a $500 charge for that, okay, well, it's not in the price thing anywhere. You, just, you have to pay the 500 But now, since it's an, an expense, if you put it in the price, the CPI, and it doesn't go up for the last the next ten years. There's no inflation there. It never gets countered. But by the way, it's five hundred dollars more for you, right? Right. Exactly. So you you sort of have to be careful. What why we should be careful when nobody on TV is. You sort of have to be careful how you define this stuff. And they're pretty sloppy on the definitions because we had such a bubble. Um, it's you know, go across the bridge. It used to be five dollars. Now it's ten bucks. Okay, it's not going to go up for ten bucks for five years. What is it? It's it's not inflation, but it's a price level problem, right? Well, you know, unfortunately, I think it's both. But yeah. Yeah. you have made it uh, more not definitely not palatable, but you have explained it better than what most people would explain. How most people would explain it? Yeah, because because if they these guys were going to attack the price level and say. There's no way on earth a pickup truck can be 80 grand when people are the average person's making 38. Uh, that's a whole different that's a whole different set of, of stuff. I mean, if you and I were running it, we'd have to say, guess what? This this, this money supply has got to come down 20. percent And that that's interesting because 
we would we would have a, a big problem with that because of course we would do it in such a way where it was uneven, right? Where the good people got worn first or something. I mean, that that would be a real episode. I mean, uh, actually, in this country, we did that once, very successfully, by the way. Uh, when I say we, none of us were here. After the Civil War, they actually decreased the money supply by dragging the greenbacks back out of that had been printed during the war, and and got back on the gold standard. But get a load of this, and it, Mike, you'll you'll appreciate this. You you can I actually have a piece of paper here that if I, I should scan it and send it to you, you'd appreciate it. One of the reasons why the the Union won the Civil War, one of the main reasons, is we we never increased our currency by more than ten percent a year during the war. We did it forty percent in two years of COVID. Where the, where the South, on the other hand, ballooned their currency. Plus, they did such a horse bleep job of of making it that it was easy to counterfeit. So the house or the the, the South, the currency became worthless. It, it blew their economy up. Just kind of what we're doing to ourselves now. And that's probably, I'm going to say, 40% of the reason why the North won is because the economy stayed together and the South didn't. And you know more about military strategy than anybody. How important is it for your economy to stay together if you want to win a war? Well, I would assume it's pretty important. And, uh, you know, our economy is not staying together, so people are going to feel the pinch, you know. I mean, I well, they already are feeling the pinch, excuse me. Or, or it's just a, a total change in lifestyle. I mean, when we were growing up, you, you could be a, of an assistant manager in Jewel, and you had a car. I mean, it might not have, it might have three on the tree, and not anything you drive today, but we're talking about a new car is out of the realm of what percentage of our population now? Half? I would I would agree with you on that, but you know that's pure speculation again. But I would say it's probably forty to fifty percent. You know, we've certainly taken uh, higher education out of out of the, the the way for well. But you could you can still if you're clever, you go to places like where Kevin is, and you can go to a DuPage. I mean, you can still get education for a reasonable price. You but can, you, can, you can get education for a reasonable price, but you can also there's so much financial aid, unfortunately. Too much of it is loans, so it, it, you know that's it's sort of the easy decision to make um, when when you're borrowing. It's just a really hard decision to live with later. Do you think, uh, Kevin? And we talk about we're all over the place, but then again, they're sort of the same topic. Do you think that the schools should be the the place that that, that uh, does the borrowing for people, or they should just be a, like a regular? You know, a regular person and say, this is what education costs, and if you and I want to borrow it for our son or daughter or ourselves, we go get our loans somewhere else. I mean, it, do you like the fact that the universities are in the in the mix? I don't. Well, they, yeah, because what's what's their uh, what's their motivation? Uh, their motivation is generally is um, enrollment. You know how how they get it, it. You know might might not be relevant uh, to many people, and so you know you have your financial aid counselors and so on will place you. Now I I will say you know where I am we send people out um, you know debt free tip. You know I think our numbers are like eighty eight percent leave with no debt. So which I consider good. You know. Oh yeah. Wow. Uh, so that you know that makes a difference, but. Um, but I don't think that's true everywhere. 
What do you, what do you think it is at, uh, you know, University of Chicago grad school or something? I mean, I have no idea what you think. It's got to be. Could people pay that? Well, it, it sort of depends, doesn't it? I and mean, you might have uh, a lot of employers paying for it. I mean, I mean, the guys that go full time right out of school. I mean, or like a law school people. They're, they're just they're just going right out of undergrad, right? I mean, at law school, I how many people pay for their law school cash? Mm. I, don't, I have no idea. Very few. I'm sure. I'm sure there is a lot of debt incurred there. I mean, uh, Mike, I don't know if I ever mentioned this to you. One class now at the University of Chicago costs more than my two years did. Wow, that's. Uh... I mean, I agree with Kevin on, uh, I'll bet you a lot of employers are paying for people to get grad degrees, but those are the ones that are... You know, those are MBAs. Those are employed, right, yeah. And, and you're talking about people that are older that are taking, you know, maybe one class a quarter, or maybe two, that kind of thing. Well, and the people that are older know better, so that they probably save up and they know that it's worth it to get a degree from... University of Chicago or wherever. So I'm not sure it's worth it at six grand a class. No, and and I'm not sure it's worth it simply because I'm seeing what's happening on the streets now, and you know I, I just don't think at uh, uh, some of the higher level, you know, more the more elite universities. I'm not sure people are being taught really anything. They 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 are certainly not differentiating between. Um, Oh, uh, you know, the critical thinking or critical race theory or whatever it is, this oppressor versus oppressed, to me, isn't part of a, a quality education. Well, there's a lot of that stuff. But we, there was, eh, most say there's always, was always no, stuff like that. We, no, we didn't yeah, get this no. dribble, Tom, no. you know, that they're getting. It's, it's a wrong, it, it's a wrong message because the message that, you know, that you need to get, especially with young people out of their education is, is that they, they have to start seeing themselves differently and in control of their faith. That they they start seeing, you know, and, and, and I see this a lot, you know, people who just didn't have that self-confidence now start seeing themselves as successful people. People who didn't imagine themselves as leaders start seeing that they can be leaders. And, and that's you know that's not the same message you get if you're told that uh, you're you're part of the oppressed class. Well, you're, I think that's. By the way, told, I, you're told that you have no chance. I had uh, uh, I had Father Maury Amen for the uh, theology of nonviolence. What was that? What's well, that? I mean, I I don't know what it was, Tom, but you know, <laughs> nonviolence worked for. Yeah. A lot of people. I mean, we had a whole movement dedicated to to nonviolence. Now it's you know. Well, I, I don't want to. Yeah. I really want to stay away from the politics. Well, how? But stay away from the politics. But how can how can we when we're managing people's money? I mean, the politics is part of the game. What's going on with the dollar? What's going on with the wars? I mean, obviously, if stuff breaks out even worse. Some things will go down. Some companies will go up. I mean, that's what. That's what. You yeah, know. you're right. I and mean, you know, war is good for business. But uh, you know, now with you know, I mean, the southern border is still our southern border is still exploding, and I don't know that that's going to be good for business. I mean, we're one step away from some lone wolf actor doing something tragic. Yeah, I would agree. And, and I just we'll see what how it works out. Well, Mike, how do you how do you uh, 
we we have um you know we we got five minutes, but I, how do you how do you uh, is is the military what you've been trained in for for the last twenty years? You've been trained a bunch of different stuff, but I mean, how do you how do you make out the fact that all these these countries are really in horrible shape economic wise? There's there, there's going to be a problem. I mean, I, I got to believe that most of us are hoping for a revolution in, in Venezuela to throw these guys out, aren't we? I mean, I, I mean, or, or somewhere. I, I got to believe. Yes, I would hope that something happens to get rid of Maduro in Venezuela. You're... So, but how how many you could name probably five countries I've never even heard of. This is going on all over the place. I mean, I, I, I don't see how the. The, the 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 war thing, the violence well, thing. Well, it's stops. always been going on all over the place, Tom, but it's never been so directly um, aimed at us. I, you know, I and I know. Uh, I think whether it's China or Iran or Russia or all three of them, they sense that we are at our weakest position ever, and they are. Um, moving against us, and you know, in mass, actually, and you know, they're going to use Israel at the beginning, and then they're going to come for us, and they may come for Western Europe too. Who knows? What? Uh, but, but they're sort of falling apart too. Does that make them more dangerous or less? I mean, China, the economy is nowhere near like it was before COVID. Does that make them more dangerous or less? I think it might make them I more. I think it's more dangerous because they need to, well, I know Putin needs to prop up his regime. I mean, uh, the Des- Iranians Desperate decision-making to- is not good. So might it make them more dangerous because they're desperate? Yes. Might it make them foolish? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> but... Yeah, I just... Uh, I mean, nothing, nothing is, is better than having a place that's economically doing okay when you don't have to worry about them. You know, and, and I just see, I'm, I'm surprised that some of these places, I mean, I'm, I'm stunned, to be honest with you, that these guys are still in charge in Iran. I mean, how, many, how long has it been, 30 years? It's got to be close to that, isn't it? 30, 25? Well, it's from the 80s, so, um, or really from 79 on, so uh, however many years it's that 40, is. 40-some. I do the math right. Well, it, it's a it's a very repressive regime. That's all. Same thing with Putin, and same thing with China. So, I guess repressive regimes work if you want to stay in control of your population. Sure. And seems maybe like... you know. And now here's the ultimate. Uh, maybe the Biden administration knows that, and maybe they want to become a repressive regime too. Who knows? Well, there's a lot of people here to sure. You're in COVID. Sure, like telling other people what to do. <laughs> on both sides, Kevin. Yeah. Kevin, you can barely hear you. Speak up, bud. I said, "Yeah, that that's absolutely the case." What? Uh, all right. So, who do the Irish play tomorrow on, on Good News? They're playing Clemson. So that boy, that's a trap game. Yep. And uh, you know the ACC officials, they kind of got them against Louisville, although we didn't play very well. So that you know, that's a double whammy there. So Clemson could be the same thing there. They need a big victory. Uh, it's but what's the who's favorite? Your idea? I think we might be favored a little bit. Yeah, boy, I'd say it's at least a toss-up on their home home ground. Where where is Clemson? Let me know. It's in South Carolina. I don't know what city is it. Just Clemson. <laughs> Clemson. 
Well, we don't know anybody <laughs> no, going. It's to... Not Clemson. I forget the name of the town. We don't know anybody going to the game. No, I don't know. No, I Wait, don't the know. Town I, that, that actually would be a pretty good place to go to a game. I was gonna say that'd be kind of that'd be kind of fun, campus. especially if I don't know where it was. I have to figure out where it was before I went there, right? Well, I used to I used to take a road trip with Bob Golden every year. That would have been the kind of place that would be on our radar because the the whole mission wasn't necessarily to get the best game of the year on the road. It was to get the best road venue. I would uh, somebody's somebody's colleges. I'd love to go. I'd love to go. I've never gone to a Wisconsin game. I hear they're terrific. Oh, they're fun. Yeah, I've been there. Ohio State, I thought was was really an eye opener. Uh, I went to Michigan. God, how many years ago was that? Uh, it had to be in the late 70s. I went to Michigan. That was before they even put the addition on the place. Um, Ariella, a lady who works with us, went to the game at uh, Penn State when they played Wisconsin a few weeks ago. She said that was pretty neat. Yeah, I went to a Penn State game, Penn State-Notre Dame game. Irish got their asses kicked, thanks Charlie Weiss, but um, but but the, the venue was fine. It, it, actually, it wasn't the friendliest place I've ever been uh, uh, for, for visiting fans. Not as bad as West Virginia. But you know, there's other places that were that were great. Tennessee, I, I thought, was a great place to see a game, and it was a great place to be a visiting fan. Their, their fans were great, you know, spirited and uh, and, and all. But uh, but there it was a lot of fun. The uh, Florida State, believe it or not, was the same thing. Um, so uh, it, you know, it, it's it's really finding good venues, good places to go see a game. And uh, I, I do recommend it for if you're if you're a sports fan, you know, go get, go do the road trip, see the other stadiums, and if you can go as the visit, you know, as part of being part of the visiting team, do it. But even if you're just going just to uh, see a game where you don't really have a rooting interest, that's fine too. What do you? Uh, we got we got a dash here for Carl, but nobody's had a chuckle. Not that anybody should chuckle at anybody's demise, but uh, the the guys from Colorado lost. Somebody stole all their jewelry. You think that was yeah, that's, that's too bad. See, I've never had a huge problem with uh, Deion Sanders, you know, himself. I, you know, he's he's brash and he's outspoken and all that. But I really, really don't want his approach to running the program, to moving in, running all those people off and all that. I don't want that to work. So, I, so the fact that they've lost four in a row that works for me. Well, I was actually uh, talking to Ariel because she, you know, she loves Wisconsin. People went there, love the place. Same people went to Iowa. Uh, I said, is, is Wisconsin all in on this NIL? And she goes, you know, I'm not sure if they are or not. If they, if they, if I, Russell says Indiana, some people they don't want no part of it. I don't know. That's going to shake out. Interesting, isn't it? Well, it it sort of depends. Faculty is always at odds with the athletics departments. Well, I, I would doubt that you would see Indiana with 20 new people on their team this year. I mean, they have to make a decision. We're either all in or all out, right? Oh, don't be surprised. Uh, you know, we we can go look, but yeah. uh, don't be surprised if they have a lot of new people on their team. I, I wouldn't be. I'm saying I, I wonder who – there's going to be a few that say we're out. But a uh, real, real quick question. This this thing in Michigan, this article I was reading, uh, they're talking about the bowl committee, the NCAA. Finally, one guy said it ought to be the president of Michigan that says you guys are out and we're not doing this anymore. Yeah. That's not going to happen. No. <laughs> no. Well, it, you know, who who has the power? You know, how much power does Harbaugh have? Now, there's one thing that you should, uh, that that might be an indicator of a shift, though, and that is that they had an extension negotiated, and uh, Michigan has rescinded the uh, extension well, offer. Well, you have to, I think, while this thing plays out. Anyway, thank you, guys. Uh, go Irish tomorrow. We'll be right back with Carl Deniger. 
This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. I think this would be Gracie Slick, 83 the other day. Got it. Go ask Gallus. One of my favorite songs. What about you, Carl? Well, you know, <laughs> I'll tell you, the last, uh, the last couple of days, you, you have to chuckle. You really do. Um, and yet, you know, as you noted, the, you know, the CEO of Target comes out on an earnings call and uh, says uh, there's a problem <laughs> and yet all week to some extent but really the last couple of days I mean the good lord yesterday yeah all right I mean you know starts overnight and then uh, just just keeps going from there and I mean absolutely if if you were short going into the morning yesterday uh, well I I don't know that Amazon well I've put up a thing. It's kind of a meme. Uh, Amazon sells personal lube in 55-gallon barrels. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> so, you know. Well, we right. had, uh, we had um, you know, we do some covered rights for people. Uh, you know, we do protective programs, and sometimes we include the covered rights. And I think we had the, uh, the spiders, we had the 29s. Out of 429, you're always cutting the number down. My brother always bitches at me for that. But uh, the 29s, we were, uh, where were we? How many how many days ago? Not very many. Uh, what do I have? The, let me get the one-year line here so I can do this easier. I was going to say, those got called. Uh, well, they're today's, so we still got a chance. I mean, plus, we rolled them up, so it was fine. You know, I mean. Yeah, okay. I mean, we're, you know, just roll with the, uh, with these things. We're talking, uh, we were 410 <clears throat> three days ago. So we're thinking, well, what are we doing? No, we on, on the 26th of uh, October, we were at 412 in the spiders, and we're short the 429s thinking, what a bunch of dummies. What, why don't we sell something you know, closer to the money? We could have made more money on them. But now, uh, well, now well now, now you know why. Now right? we got just the, now, so, okay, so we're up, uh, we're up uh, $17 on the underlying, and we're down a buck on the, on the on the option, I guess we'll take that, Carl. Uh, yeah, 
well, you know, it's, yeah. it's better than getting assigned when you're short. Oh right? yeah. Well, I mean, you never if, if when when people uh, you led me into a somewhat of a shameless plug. Whenever you do options or even stack for that matter, it's real easy to have the hockey puck kind of thing where or hockey stick where okay, if it goes here, you make this or lose that. It's it's all about maneuvering when things don't do exactly what you want them to do. Oh, and, absolutely, yeah. and, and and you know, and, and being singularly short something in the options market is a good way to get carried out on your shield. Yeah, oh yeah, and and people do it all the time. And it's you know the comment that I have myself made and heard many other people made is is that's picking up nickels in front of a steamroller, and it it works just fine right up until you trip. Well, there's there's a million different schools of thought and and option trading, and a lot of it has to do with with people's attitude. I mean, if there, yeah. There's going to be people who say, if I buy the spiders SPYs at four twenty-five and I sell the thirty calls next week for a dollar or whatever you're going to sell them for, that if it goes to four thirty-five, um, I just made six bucks and I just had a pretty good couple of weeks because I, I don't I really want to buy it at thirty-five. I want to buy it at thirty or twenty-five or whatever. And when it gets there, I'll I'll sell it there. Well, now now the attitude is these options lost me two bucks and my stock made me something. It's the same position. You get you're supposed right. to, you're supposed to have these things sort of married together. I mean, you don't. Well, yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's. Well, sane people do that. Well, but, yes. but people don't even realize that if you say, for instance, you buy the today the spiders are trading four thirty twenty three. So if you say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my risk down here. I'm gonna buy the spiders at four thirty, and I'll buy the four thirty puts out four months. Whatever the hell that happens to be. Say it's ten bucks. I mean, they're five bucks or something. I mean, I'm not looking at the price. Well, you really hope that the spiders are five hundred, okay? Right. Um, so, but there's going to be somebody saying, "Why did you buy these puts?" When obviously we didn't need them. Yet the same person wouldn't think of drive of coming out going out of his garage without collision insurance on his car. Well, yeah, and putting his seatbelt on. Yeah, or right. when he when he when he hasn't had an accident in thirty years. I mean, it's all about most people. Uh, shall we say, marry the cost of car ownership with the insurance. Yet nobody marries the cost of stock ownership with the insurance because they think it's going to go up all the time everywhere, and that's the government's job to keep doing that for you. And, oh, by the way, it's always going to do that. Yet in my period in the, in the business, there's been two, maybe three, ten-year periods where the, mar- where the market's been down. Yeah, well, and but, of course, nobody over the last you know, 15, 20 years has lived through that, right? Okay. And you have, you have basically Fed saying, "I mean, I, I really believe Carl, and we mentioned it." But know. but but I'll I'll tell you where the problem with that is, though, Chief, and and people that, you know, people that are are younger than our generation, that have not been around business and not been around markets, uh, you know, I mean, their entry into it was you know post two thousand, oh post, yeah, post post the Nasdaq blow up, right? Um, and even the Nasdaq blow up, unless you were in the Nasdaq, wasn't that nasty, right? Okay. Now, if you were in the Nasdaq, it was extremely nasty. But if you, but if you, then again, anybody that didn't see that coming in the late 1990s, you know, you got rocks in your head. But you had plenty of people that were dancing in the same sort of way that people are doing it today and have been for the last 20 years. At all, uh, yeah, that's never going to happen. That's never going to happen. And I'm. Yeah, I was running a company in the space at the time, and I'm looking at this going, you know what? These clowns have, have claimed global GDP in the NASDAQ times like 
six. Well, right. And we've on done a forward that basis for the next 15 years. By the way, that isn't going to happen. And, and uh, you know, I mean, that's never happened in the history of mankind. And, and so I don't know when it's going to break. I just know that it will. Well, the parallels are, are, are there. We had five or six stocks that were 45% of the NASDAQ, which right. we do now. The, uh, for those that don't even know the numbers we're <clears throat> talking about, the QQQs, which are now 362.55 this morning, down 89 cents. I think they topped out, this is memory, Carl, my memory is usually pretty good. They topped out at, what, 125 in uh, early 2001. And I'm going to say it, 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 it made it down to 25, didn't it? Yeah, it was, well, and then, of course. 28, uh, something yeah. like that? Yeah, and then you know, and then we had all sorts of people. Uh, you know, oh, oh, wow! It was, you know, they, we traded forty, and yeah. Well, Cisco, hey. Cisco went from sixty-five to six fifty, right? And yeah, and the revenue per share was like five or something, or five or six. I mean, they were trading out of a. Uh, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm no, certainly not a good technical analyst, uh, but. The, th- the thing that I find, I, I look at more and more, especially in growth stocks, Carl, I, I try to stay away from PE because if, if a stock is growing and it, it actually has, you know, maybe some cash flow positive, I, mean, I, I know at some point I like to have them make money and maybe send me a check, right, uh, right. If, if I'm a shareholder. But in the meantime, if they're growing fast enough and they're doing all the right things and not, you know, buying stock back for themselves or a bazillion dollars and all that kind of stuff, I don't really mind the PE part, but when you start talking re- revenue per share is something I think everybody has to take a look at. Now, you know, I'm not giving investment advice, but when you start getting and tens my number. When you start getting more than when when the stock is trading more than ten times revenue, that's essentially where Cisco got in 2001 and Oracle and those places. And it, to me, that's a real that's a danger sign. And some of these companies, I think I'm not. I, I thought maybe it was Nvidia. I did work on a couple of these guys. They're, they're pushing like thirty. It's, well, let me. That's, well, that's a little high. Since high. you brought up since you brought up Nvidia, I'll I'm gonna point out a couple of things that I don't think most people are aware of, and this is and there's a lot of this kind of stuff that goes on uh, during any hype driven bubble. Um, but it's here again, and it's and if this does not make your blood run cold then you're not paying attention to what's happened in history every time that this has occurred uh, because this always blows up in people's faces and then they always say well you know i i never could have seen that coming well yes you could have but you deliberately didn't pay attention nvidia um now has a couple of startup companies that are not theirs okay yet they're the funding source and these companies are buying their products in size, they're AI. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're the backlog, which is scary. Well, well, and and so you know, company X, uh, you know, puts out some press release that they are, you know, they're buying a hundred million dollars worth of Nvidia's chips. Okay, they're they're super advanced. I guess it's H one hundred is what they're calling it or something. Anyway, anyway, it's 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 basically it's custom stuff made for artificial intelligence for large language models okay um and then you're like okay who are these guys because i've never heard of this company before it's not publicly traded who who are these clowns right and it's a venture funded startup 
Where'd the money come from? Well, the money came from NVIDIA yeah. in some cases. Yeah, they're, 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 right, buy, well, they're, buying their own, they're buying their own backlog. Right, so they're buying their own stuff, which is cranking their rev numbers, which is, and, and, but the problem is all of this is essentially, I mean, on the other side, if you're looking at the other side of the balance sheet, this is all borrowed money. This is the same sort of garbage that Lucent was doing back Isn't in the late 1990s. Isn't that what the military-industrial uh, idea is? Well, and it's and, and you know, but this is the same crap that Lucent was doing, where they were vendor financing, uh, you know, people people like Windstar, okay, and so Windstar was buying a bunch of switches and in network equipment from Lucent, but Windstar wasn't paying from operating cash flow to buy this stuff. Lucent was essentially carrying the paper. Yeah, they they were they were buying their own stuff. They're buying their own stuff, essentially. Yeah. Okay. When you when you devo- when you take the transactions and you you look at the net economic impact of it, that's what was going on. And when Windstar blew up, it took Lucent out. Are, are these guys the, the invi- <laughs> right, so? But, but Carl, were they were they inventorying the stuff, or were they reselling it, or what were they doing? They weren't just putting it in a warehouse, were they? Or, or were oh they? no, no, no. Stuff was no, no. This 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 stuff was being used. But the problem is that if the if the a so-called customer who isn't really a customer they're essentially a, a partly owned sub of the supplier right I mean, if you really want to get down to the economics of it the problem with that is is that you're placing a bet you've you've based the the performance of the under of the other company the supplying company on the outcome of the speculative bet right all right so that's uh, as long as everything works out, this hey, this Bob's your uncle. If this turns into a white elephant and that company fails, you now have all of this stuff that essentially gets put back on you because it doesn't generate anything. And it's worth 10 cents on the dollar if you're lucky. And so this is, you know, this is that's how Lucent got destroyed. And I see evidence of this in various places you know now so i i this kind of stuff is the sort of thing that's like okay this is this is the fuel that if it goes bad and it always eventually does the only question is you know who it's going to be i don't know if nvidia is going to be the one that sets this off i don't know if it'll be somebody else but when i see this pattern show up in the markets and it's supporting price valuations that gets my attention. That makes the hair go up. Without in the back a doubt, of my neck. It's, it's it's real scary. You know, who, yeah, it, uh, makes, it makes the hair go up in the back of my neck because it can lead to cascade style failures that take down entire segments of the market. It's not one company that blows up. Companies blow up all the time. That's nothing new. But when you see this kind of thing happen, you say, oh, wait a minute. Now all these different threads are all connected together. All I got to do is pull one of them and the entire well, house they, of cards they, comes they end apart. Up, the, the, these these people are buying this stuff because they think this stuff's so valuable they're going to be able to almost resell it, right? I mean, or, well, yeah, it's but you know, but again, there's there is a there is an element to this, and and AI is just the latest buzzword in this stuff. Oh sure, I I have been I, I have been substantially bearish on many of the premises that underlie this this alleged technological you know wonderkind for a lot of reasons. Uh, not the least of which is that what's being sold in the hype has never been demonstrated anywhere in computing, ever. And I don't think it ever will be. But 
that doesn't mean there isn't value in systems that do autom- you know, autonomous processing. Well, of course there is. I mean, come on, you know, the, the entire the entire thing with grocery checkout scanners is all about taking what used to be a skilled a union job for crying out loud in your grocery store, all right, with mechanical cash registers, uh, and it essentially devaluing that segment of the market to zero. When those things were mechanical, and the ladies had to actually keep punching the thing, would you have ever arm wrestled one of those girls? I wouldn't have. Oh, good God! And not only that, those those gals were sharp. Yeah. Okay. Can you imagine one, to, of those, one of those whacked you upside the head? You'd, you'd feel like you were whacked. Well, and but the thing is, they were fast, they were efficient, they were sharp, and it was a well-paying job. Oh, without a doubt, a union job. Okay, at that they were so um, they were so fast it was unbelievable, wasn't it? Well, and you know what? Yeah, I mean, it was it, it was faster than you could do it today. Uh, oh, how long self checkout? Yeah, how long would uh if if we if the world <laughs> some bomb hit us? How long would it take? Somebody today, well, I'm not saying a young person because I couldn't. How long would it take for somebody to invent the mechanical cash register again? Centuries? Oh no, I, I, I mean, you know, nowadays everything is online. You could pull I'm, up I'm, the design. I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm sorry, you know what I mean? Yeah. For somebody actually. Oh, if it all got blown to, to yeah, yeah. smithereens, and so so were the engineering drawings. Oh yeah, probably a while, right? Hey, you know, I got a quick uh, one. Uh, you talk about the backlog stuff. Do you remember you uh, a little younger? You remember a company called ITEL? Yeah. How do you remember them? Um, I don't remember a lot about them. I remember the name. They ended up when 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 uh, in the railroad business, and I, the reason why I love the railroad business, virtually every nasty trick that anybody pulls today in business, some railroader already did it during the eighteen nineties or something, but. Uh, it used to be, you know, Pullman sold freight cars, right? They passenger cars. They also right. had a big freight division, and yeah. uh, you know, various and sundry, uh, you know, whatever Santa Fe, Union Pacific, they'd come and they'd buy box cars, they'd buy covered hoppers, they'd buy tank cars. Not usually from us. There was Union Tank or somebody else. That was another separate business, but they'd buy all flat cars, whatever it was. Well, so then ITEL decides, um, why should any? Because your your freight car could go. And never you'd never see the thing back for five years. I mean, once it got on somebody else's line, your your boxcar could be in somebody else's freight train for forever, right? But but right. but you just added them to the system. Uh, as a matter of fact, the first uh, barcodes were for rail cars, right, Carl? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that was, uh, well, it was it was switch sorting. It, yeah, it made things much faster. Yeah. So all of a sudden, ITEL says this is very inefficient. Why don't we just lease these to the rail companies? So they'll just they'll just have more cars with their name on them, but there's just a lease fee. They'll never actually buy the damn thing and never see it come back. So in order to f- kind of force people to do this, ITEL essentially bought the backlog out of Pullman and whoever else made them. Somebody else made them. And, and same thing with tank cars. So ITEL became this huge leasing company, and they, they became a leasing company because they controlled essentially the production. Right. So we were... Pullman was being sold. And... I was helping the people put together the balance sheet that went in the Wall Street Journal, and we were talking about how Pullman's next year, Pullman Freight was going to, they were going to be a hundred billion dollars, no, a hundred billion, was a billion, a billion dollars worth of business, which back then was like, holy bleep, Batman, a billion Yeah, that was a lot, right. It was a lot. It, during the time we're putting the thing in the Wall Street Journal, ITEL goes under. They go under. <laughs> and, and, and so... 
Robin, who's been on the show a few times, finds out about it. She says to the president, hey, we can't publish this thing in the Wall Street Journal. These guys, our whole backlog is gone. These guys just blew up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and guess what? The president said, put it in there anyway. These guys aren't going to know the difference. They're buying the place. And they didn't know. They just bought it anyway. And a year later, Pullman Freight was closed. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> I mean, you know, what it, the, the thing that I think is so interesting about the reaction that we saw with the, you know, the Fed meeting is if you look at, at what has act, what actually occurred in the markets from a standpoint of price, I mean, we're, tra- we're trading 463 right now in the TNX. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is way down from where it was. But has anybody paid any attention to the fact that the short end of the curve hasn't moved much? No, it hasn't. So what you did was you more inverted it. Right. Oh, that's not good. No. From a, from a market perspective, I mean, normally, if you think of it in terms of what usually happens in the stock market, an inverted, a more inverted curve uh, is, is a negative. That's not a positive indicator. That's a bad indicator. And yet, you know, the market goes up 150 spoos. I, I, I just, I looked at that when the announcement came out and the, and the number of people in different industries that are all absolutely convinced that not only is the Fed done raising rates, but that they're going to be cutting rates by the end of the first quarter of next year is off the rack. And yet, here we are. Leave leave the, the I don't, CPI. I might have to... We, we want to go to break early. We're not there yet, but we're going to break early because we want the numbers. I'm going to push back on that a little bit, Carl, because, here, by the way, I, I, I think you're right, but the message is... The Fed is going to protect asset holders, but the, but the Fed can't protect asset holders. And I, here's, it, they I, did I during COVID. I uh, well, yeah, okay. And guess what? Do you remember Bernanke's speech from about 2011? Yeah. Okay, that said the fiscal authorities. We we basically we bought you time to get your act together. Um, everybody's right? convinced. And and by the way, we will run out of rope doing this. Carl, you, you have you have you have a few shekels in your pocket, but you you don't think like one of those guys. They're, Which guys? The, the guys that I I went into uh, I don't know how many months ago the Fed gave some crazy stuff, and the market went way up. And I said and I walked into my local saloon, and the guy says, "What'd you think of the the Fed's guy today?" And I said, "Well, I don't know. I, don't, I think the, I don't I don't know where he's getting the stuff he's talking about. What do you mean? He did the job perfectly. The market's up. That's his job." Well, I uh, yeah, I, no, no, I understand that. Okay, but nobody wants to pay attention to the fact that that you know for all the all the bad stuff I loaded on Bernanke at the time, and I think he deserved every bit of criticism he got from me. Uh, after the crash was over, he during one of his Humphrey Hawkins speeches, he made a big deal about the fact that essentially he allowed the federal government to get away with things that they should not have done. The, the you know the hanky panky we'll hand out money anywhere we want kind of thing, and he said there's you know yep we did this we did it intentionally, it has a use by date we don't know precisely where it is, but what we do know is that this cannot go on on a permanent basis. Yes, yet it has, and well and yet everyone thinks it has, All right? And he also even put a timeline on it. He said you got about ten years, basically. 
figuring that that was the that that was good that you know that allowed us to have the political debate and the and the debate within the polity you know the schlubs like you and I as to how we align what the government takes in in taxes and what it spends and have a reasonable conversation that takes time you you got some contemplation involved in this you got elections uh, all what, of the things what, uh... and and guess what we've done none of it right, what year was that 2011. All right. No, no, I believe know. it was 2011. I've, I have to look I, I, for the exact I, 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 date. I love, it was about I, almost exactly 10 years ago. I love, I love doing this to you because all I do is get, when I do it, I get even more and more good stuff out of you. Uh, so that's why I do it, not just to aggravate you. Uh, 2011, we're never going to do this anymore. I'm going to say the money No, su- he didn't say that. I'm going to say the money supply was $9.1 trillion and now it is... 21, so it's well over double in 12 years. Yeah. The part yeah. about we're not going to do this anymore, I don't know if I'd buy no, that. No, he, he didn't say we're not going to do this anymore. He said this has a use-by date. Yeah, well, they're, use, they're, they're, they're riding it hard. What do you say we're going to break early so we come back, we'll have the numbers? Good Sounds idea. reasonable. SP Futures down 2, and as if he's down 35, we'll have these labor numbers in by the time we come back. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Stocks, jocks, Stocks jocks, stocks, and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howe. Rick Pappas on the board. SP Futures, well, we're all over the place. We're up 11. NASA Futures up 20. Carl, I got negative 350 in a household survey. What do you What do you got? I haven't seen uh, that. Well, I'm, I'm, it took a moment. I just got the page to refresh. It's the, as is usually the case, uh, people are pounding the F5. You're coming in kind of light. Why don't, you, why don't we just bag traffic weather sports and talk about this, Greg? Yeah, yeah. Give me, give me yeah. thirty seconds here. Well, I've got October non-farm payrolls. It's coming uh, up one, up one fifty according to the headline, and and unemployment up one tick. Yeah, three point nine. How, how do I have three hundred thousand people less in the household survey? What the hell uh, is that? Give me a minute, and I'll uh, tell you. <laughs> well, <laughs> do your traffic. I'll, I'll do. I'll do the one here that the, the the crummy one that Carl says I shouldn't be looking at. This thing has. This is the household survey now. All right, we've got the, the non-farm payrolls, 150 versus one. That's the establishment survey you're getting on TV. Uh, 3.9% un- unemployment. Now, the bottom line here is we have, this is, this is, this is really amazing. I don't understand anything like this. Uh, the, the amount of people available to work 
I went from 267.4 to 267.6. So there's 200,000 more people that are uh, in, you know, available to work. A half, I've got 414,000 went into the column. We don't know what they're doing. Uh, 200, uh, we've got 140,000 more unemployed, and we've got 350,000 less people employed. I've never seen a report like this. I don't um, know. Well, this is the adjusted numbers now. On the unadjusted, you went unemployed. We went from 161.669 to 161.676. That's a change of seven. How, how, well, how the adjustments got it down 300,000? Well, I, uh, uh, seven is statistically zero. Yeah. Okay. So um, uh, you want to know why the market seems to think this is great? It's because uh, it's it's firing season. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now, by the way, uh, it's usually not firing season in October because October is the month when we start to pick up for this thing that comes every year in December called Christmas. One of the big trading firms here that, that does stuff to the – provides order flow and so forth, or not order flow, they provide the markets and stuff. I think they laid off 100 people yesterday. Well, um, you know, there's been a lot of anecdotes about different – organizations letting people go right uh you know rifts of various sorts and uh this unadjusted number says that that's not bs that the that the employment situation is at this point that's a this is a recessionary print this is not normal for october we don't usually get this in october well that, that's why the adjustment has it way down right the adjustment uh, is essentially probably yeah, but I some mean, would say it's it, doing you know, its job. Get out of the get out of the COVID years, okay? Which you know, of course, is you know huge distortion, right? Twenty eighteen uh, month of October was up seven sixty one unadjusted. Twenty nineteen was up five eighty nine. Well, okay, so I mean, this is now now granted twenty seventeen was negative, but twenty seventeen was kind of a weird soft year. Um. Uh, 2016 though was was up 358. So I mean, this is, you know, this is zero. Seven is statistically zero. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know how to, you know. But how are we going to get? How, how, that's a nothing. How, if ever, Carl, are we going to get investors that? By the way, they are acting exactly rational. If your if your time span was is 10 to 12 years. The idea that bad news is good news, and that all it means is more money pouring in from the Fed to su- to save all these things, and the market goes up like the Weimar Republic or like Venezuela, that's that's all they know. They, I mean, it- well, I, well, I understand that, but you know what? We got the bar the barbells back in the um, in in the household data on the educational attainment. Um, it, <laughs> You can't be liking this. People with less than a high school diploma gaining jobs, the high school grads losing, and in while associates and you know some college people they they gained a little on the employment population ratio. They actually lost because the you know the stash of people in that size uh, went up. So and and oh by the way, same thing happened for people with bachelor's degrees. They, on the, the employment population ratio for people with, with degreed professionals was down four ticks last month. 
well, Carl, I don't trade futures for my clients, but you know, I, I, I know the way the world maybe ought to be in my mind. I also know the way the world is. If you would have said to me a minute before this came out, Chief, the number is minus 500,000 jobs, which would be horrible. I would immediately the market's going to be up. I would immediately pick up the phone or or, or, or kick buy in spoos. buy spoos, which yeah. is which and, is and, really unhealthy. It's really unhealthy. I'm sorry, it's unhealthy. Well, and and actual and here's another thing. This is and this is really all right. So I've talked about this before. Average weekly hours, worked hours, each tick is good for about six hundred thousand jobs. Okay, people don't understand the sensitivity of that number. It's it's immense. We lost a tick in total private average hours last month. Now, interestingly enough, we lost them in goods producing, um, which is which is not good, uh, and we lost them in private service providing. Usual, what we've seen lately is that the service providing side has held up pretty well. We actually saw that one decline. Uh, and looking at this trade transportation utilities down I, I yeah I believe that a um, little bit of a gain in information losses in financial activities professional business services and private education and health services negative on average work week okay uh, 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 so now that's not so good leisure and hospitality is flat and other services which is the you know the everybody else, bucket was down as well average overtime hours were also down in manufacturing especially in durable goods so yeah this is I mean okay these are one tick moves but remember one tick and this headline number is 600,000 how do you how do they even uh, we have one of the one of the producers has just got a job uh, uh, we only have three so you maybe figure out which one it is but it's not Greg Um, does a lot of work for for uh, comedy clubs and so forth and he produces here it helps us out uh, right. but he also is, he's got a part time job at one of these chicken joints right it's not Chick-fil-A it's one of the other ones I don't know they're, they're getting bigger I don't know the name of the damn place uh, and he's working uh, like 30 hours a week so I go uh, is anybody there full time well there's like two people how many right. people are there like 20 <laughs> it's like okay this guy's doing 30 this girl's doing 28 this, how did I mean the idea if you're if you're an old fart and somebody says, "I make fifty bucks an hour." You, you can't do the math and say that's two grand a week. No, but I'll tell yeah. you, and, and I'll tell you what. The other problem here is that, I, and not I'm, while we're talking, I'm looking at the uh, at the hourly and weekly earnings as well. Um, cost push inflation on the labor side. Uh, watch out, my friends, because if you think it's not still there, oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, other than in trade pr- transportation utilities where it's not, but in uh, <laughs> in financial activities, professional business, private education, health, leisure and hospitality, uh, that's not going to be good because that's, uh, I mean, it's good for the people if you happen to be in that, you know, and that, that's a very low paying field. Uh, but plenty there and also other services, lots. And so as a result, even though you saw a tick down in hours work, the average weekly earnings ticked up. Um, when you talk about labor cost push, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lob one by you. And you, you tell me, you know, I, I'll certainly take criticism from you easily. I'm going to say in my lifetime, there's only been one time 
that there actually was something called cost push inf uh, uh, inflation due to wages, and it was maybe a six-month period, a year period. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, you know what I'm talking about. You know, well, you're ta you're talking about when when before the unions all got broken in Detroit and all of that. No, no, what I'm saying is this time when people have the nerve to say. I mean, and you, you could walk in any saloon around, and somebody there is going to say, the price of cars is going up because these guys got this contract. You're missing the point, buddy. The price of cars have been up for four years. These guys well, yeah. maybe are starting to catch up. Maybe. Well, no, and, and, and I know exactly what's going to I mean, you know, the UAW is crowing about this. I know what's going to happen to them. There's, you know, another, another 30% of the labor is going to go to Mexico. Well, so what should they do? Make, go two <laughs> bucks an hour? Well, you can't you can't chase this that way. That's the the problem. And, and you know, you know, I've talked about this, Chief. You know, more times than I can count on this show. All right, we keep doing this. We we continue to believe that you can push on a string, okay? That you can shove cost into the American side of the equation and not slam the door on the labor export side of things and have wage and environmental parity tariffs not do that but at the same time allowing the, the cost push here in the United States isn't going to be met with the exact thing that you would expect any manager and any any CEO to do and that is shove more of that stuff over into China why, why don't, okay why don't we put an ad out for a CEO that'll work less than 29 million bucks from Mary Burra well look the the optics on that I mean look it, yeah the optics are terrible okay take the entire CEO's paycheck, all of it, and distribute it across all of the employees to tell me how much money they actually get per, per week in their check. I, I get it, but the optics are the, the optics. Are well, the, optics. optics uh, the optics matter because, uh, you know, you, how do you argue against it, right? Well, you, you're the only person that can answer this question. How many, how many, car, how many hours go into an assembl assembling a car? Not, once you get all the parts there, to, you know, there's... You know, I don't know what the current number is. It's 25. But it's not... Uh, 20? 25 or 30. Okay, yeah, I can believe that. All right, so, I mean, if you didn't pay him anything, don't think the $80,000 pickup is now going to be 60. Right. Oh, no, no, no. I Absolutely. And and that's, I mean, but the thing is, and, 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 and you're absolutely right. 150 bucks a person. Of, you know, the CEO makes you know, $30 million. Right, the uh, slug on the line the, makes twenty bucks an Greg hour. Greg says one hundred and fifty bucks a guy. Yeah, and and Ish. the thing is, is that, but the reality of it is, is, if you took all their money, and just all of their paycheck and distributed out, uh, you know, I'd be able to buy a couple of beers with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the only the only time, uh, Carl, I mean, I, is, is you know, I, I, this is what I, I did when I was you when I, I was I was young once, is. I'm going to say maybe in 1981, there was there was a time be, because the CPI even even when it's when it's being honest, which I don't think it's been for a while, but I actually think it was back then when it was honest. It's still for whatever reason, and I don't really know the math on this, but it's it's a very delayed indicator. I, I don't I don't know why that is. People go out, the, you look at the damn thing. It says the price of rice this month. Why that should be five months late, I don't know, but it, it seems like it is. I don't know. I don't know well, yeah, it is. And, and, you know, the funny thing is is that you've got, I'm wondering, you know, what I've seen in, in grocery stores in particular here over the last, you know, the last two or three months, 
That absolutely has not shown up in the CPI report yet. No, it's, it's continuing. Now, it's, either, it's either not going to show up at all, or we get to about January or February, and all of a sudden you're going to see double-digit numbers. Well, well, back in, I mean, people talk about, you know, the unions did this, they did that, but the fact is most of the unions by the time I got into this mess was late 70s, early 80s, but most of the unions had one cost of living increases. Okay, but they didn't just prices go up in July throw the contract out in August and beat the the employers over the head and get cost of living. This is because they were behind the eight ball from, what, 68 on, right? And finally, right. somewhere along the line, somebody said, just like uh, the, the auto the auto guys have won now. They was cost of living going forward. But this, this CPI doesn't favor them. Anyway, but what I'm saying is when I got there, people had cost of living increase. And, oh, by the way, so did all the contracts, Right. Not, well, not all the contracts. Uh, but but most of them, yeah. Um, yeah, you, you didn't want to be the guy who, who didn't. I mean, right. I, I'm going to say that uh, we had a, a full CPI nudge from Massachusetts Bay for the, for the railroad cars that I was involved in. So if, if, the, if the, the contract was $60 million bucks, so if the inflation was 1% that quarter, I called them up and I said, you guys, you guys owe us uh, $60 millions, you know, 600000 They go, okay. You know, that, yep. and uh, and then the, the the labor got their piece, the guys who made the seats got their piece, the guys who made the air conditioners got their piece, guys who made the trucks. I don't think the lighting guy had one in there. I don't think the the guys who gave you the controllers for the cabs had one in there. I don't. I think those guys got screwed by not having one in there. Uh, but I'm saying, but it, but it, it, as time went by, the lag part on the CPI when it was fair. All of a sudden, the CPI was still chugging that there was inflation. And if you looked around you, there wasn't any, Carl. Right. Yet, oh, no, I know. And, and it, you know, I mean, we... Well, now, the, but these guys are still getting raises. Right. So for that, for that, I'll say, year, you actually did have people getting raises that were, quote, not deserved because the prices weren't going up. Um, right, and so you had cost push that yeah, was real. But I, but I, right. it was real. Now, if, if, if I raise the price of... The Big Mac from four hours to six, and a year from now, I, I, I got to grudgingly give the cook a dollar more an hour. That's not cost plus inflation. Sorry. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm okay. Yeah, because you're, you know, you're, you're, I'm you. Way ahead of yeah, I'm way you ahead of timing. Yeah, way ahead of timing. You're right. Um, but but I think one one of the things that I think is is being wildly underestimated is you know you. Uh, and I, and I see this all over the internet. I, I see it in, in the mainstream media. I see it in the non-mainstream media. I see, you know, the general gripe level among you know people. Um, you know, you have these people say, "Well, I, uh, you know, there's there's no possible way that that uh, you know thirty dollars an hour is a is a living wage." And well, def- and oh define, by the way, that means define that, living. Well, and oh by the way, that means that we have to get paid more. Okay. And we're talking about people, you know, not necessarily, you know, people who work in retail, right? I mean, not not high skilled occupations. Well, okay, so there's two ways this this issue can resolve. One is compensation goes up dramatically, and for the schlub, for for the the mainstream schlub, if that happens, if you think that's not going to filter through back into prices and cause another acceleration, you're nuts because you're not talking about a handful of people. You're talking about the majority of the people. You're talking about you know the, the people on the left side of the bell curve, all of them. Uh, and then 
the other the other thing that that you could do is the cost of living in as measured in the things that you have to buy goes down well of course nobody likes that because that means asset prices are going to come down right that's bad but the reality is is that if you don't have that how do you balance this and where is the driver coming from the driver today is all coming from the government side of the spending sheet without a doubt without a doubt and, and that and, 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 has to stop and and, and, and and in the de- debase in the currency. And you know what? That has to stop. And if it doesn't, Chief, what's going to end up at the, the, the benign outcome is something like what happened in Argentina. Okay, Argentina has had, you know, has had terrible bouts of inflation, this and that. And that. Okay, fine, except you look at what's going on today. Okay, Argentina is a functional society that has essentially zero credit available to anybody. For, for, it's functional in the sense that I don't. I I think if you and I were working down there, we wouldn't say it was functional. Well, but but if you, I mean, there are bars, there are restaurants, they're open. People go in them. There's there is a functional some, economy. Some people there, go. Okay. Them. Some people go. Well, but here's the but here's the thing. Take take all of the things. You know, the, the average person today goes into Walmart, pulls out the plastic, and sticks it in there, and pays for it. Maybe never. Right. Keeps accumulating more and more credit card debt. Whatever you have. You same thing with education cost of education is all because you can buy loan because you can buy it with loans all right cost of cars cost of houses take all of that you want to buy a house in Argentina you come and you pay cash there are no mortgages the uh, so, there's a restaurant by Audrey three weeks ago we went there for breakfast it's a little tiny place good child these ladies are owning are probably 80 years old uh, their, their machine conked out yeah so they had to put a sign on the door for today, cash only. I'll bet out of ten groups that walked up to the door, five turned around and walked away. Right, and you know what? If if you think that's not what's going to happen here in the United States, if we don't get this under control, you're wrong. Well, what what is that, it? That's the benign side, Chief. Is that we and, and think about it on a on a business perspective. How many businesses can survive if their operating lines get yanked? Okay, so um, I think we have some agreement. That the road we're on is not the road to heaven. Okay. No, it's it, there's there's a guy in a red suit down there. <laughs> but there, but but we got a little bit of a problem in our thinking, is that if we were on national TV, which probably neither one of us ever would be, Becky Quick would be saying, "If you guys are right, why are we up another twenty-two spoofs? I mean, it, it, we would have had our mentality and managed money the way you and I sort of think. Now I, I can get away with it by just having put protection for people. Right, where I know that if even though we're, we we maintain a a long bias, it's not a hundred delta; it might be seventy or something. And if all right. breaks loose, there's a limit to what people can lose, and that's that's what I try and accomplish. Okay, but it's still not the same as when it just goes up every day, being no insurance or anything like that. I mean, you're still paying for something. But the, my point is, when that when we both know that it's probably a collision that has to occur someday. But right now, today, everybody who has, who has a stock anywhere, even if they don't know they're thinking it, they're thinking if the economy goes sour, just like it did during COVID, these guys will do whatever they can. I, I have an article somewhere, and I didn't run it off like an idiot. Uh, it had to do with a recession is coming. Do not be a dummy and think the market's going to go down. We just came out of a depression, and it went straight up because look what the Fed did. You, you need to be long assets because those people are going to be protected. Now, you and I know 
that one of these days that's going to be a big problem. And, if, and it sort of already maybe is in some ways. But well, it's absolutely a problem. Okay, but, going, but, but, but right now today, right now today you're the, you and I are the only two people talking about it. Someday, pick a day. A thousand days from now, that day may happen. How are we going to know when it happens and what's it going to look like and are we going to survive it? Well, how you know, know when it happens is when you wake up and your lock limit down three days in a row. Okay, but but, but the point is, I want to know the day before. Oh so well, can, of course, everybody wants. But to I want I want my people. Sh- I want my people short or at least out of the market that day. Well, yeah, I, I want to be short a bunch of spoos that morning. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing is that there's. <laughs> this is always the fun part of this. You know, in two thousand, when the market broke, I was I was sitting in a hotel. It was actually the Sandestin Hilton in uh, near Destin. I was house shopping at the time, and after this, after all the dust cleared from the detonation, I went back to try to figure out what was going on. What I found is that there's this little company called MicroStrategy. It's still around, by the way. Now they yep. think they're crypto gods. All right. Somehow they managed to not get blown up themselves. One of my they had buddies. Annou- one of they my had buddies announced worked a split. Yeah, one of my buddies worked for them. Yeah, well, they had announced a they're split. In, uh, where are they? Boulder. Yeah, short, shortly yeah. before this, okay, you know, they were part of the run-up, the, you know, the Internet's, you know, everything Internet goes up, right? And and so they had announced a stock split, and then a few days later, they announced that they were restating earnings because they'd found some irregularities. Near as I can figure, that's what set it off. This little nobody company, they never would have pinned those guys as being the reason for it. Did anybody really care about Archduke Ferdinand? And he, he supposedly set off a war. Who cared? Nobody knew who he was. Well, nobody knew who he was, but boy, when he got assassinated, oh boy, right? Yeah, well, that so, just, I mean, that the, just happened that, to be, I don't think that was the match that set the fire. It just happened to be a match that somebody saw the day the fire started. Yeah, I, th- I think you're, you know, and, I, and again, you could probably say the same thing about MSTR, okay? Yeah. Um, but the correlation was was absolutely bang on right there, and so are we gonna? Can you can you point to something and say this will break? And when it does, short everything, short the phone book. Uh, no, probably not. But but I think we are. I think we're going to get forced into this on a fiscal perspective sometime within the next year, and when that day comes. It's too late well, you, because the the market's going to sniff this out before it gets there. You know, we've done two we've done basically two presidencies now where we've ignored this, right? Two and one was a Republican, one's a Democrat. Doesn't matter, yeah, right. So it doesn't matter which side of the aisle you're on. This is the way that this game has been played for the last eight years, and we are coming into election season. And if we get a crack before the election, and I think we will, remember that you know. 2008 was an election year too, right? Yep. Um, I I think the odds that this next 12 months, uh, if if we do not see a 50 percent drawdown in asset markets, I'm going to be shocked. And if we don't see something very similar to that start in real estate, I will be as well. I'm more yeah, real estate. I, I'm I'm sort of there. I I just uh, can can we what, what's going to the thing that bothers the hell out of me is is when the Fed moves to put money in and prop something up like they have. Right. I mean, look, I mean, look at what they did. The entire drawdown of the balance sheet, they get rid of almost in two weeks with the Silicon Valley fiasco, and that's one little bank. 
Oh yeah. By the way, that guy got convicted last night. Well, but but I'm saying if if that was a big bank, there's no limit to how much money they'll pour in to save it. And, and I think well, the people that he asked, except except there is a limit, which is when they do that, and instead of the market going up, it goes down four hundred. I points. I can't I can't even envision that day at this point. We're well, still. I know nobody can. That's it's, the whole it's problem. A, it's a ways away from us. The, the the Weimar Republic market never went down. The place folded. First. Yeah, well, okay, and you were carrying around wheelbarrows in order to get a loaf of bread too. Well, the one, the one, one uh, hedge against inflation was the market, and it's. Uh, but you know what? The average, and the, and what I try to explain to people, and a lot of people just it goes right over their head. You cannot put one hundred percent of your operating cash, what you earn after taxes, into the market because you have to eat. You have to pay for housing. You have to pay for you know homeowners insurance, you know car insurance, your car payment, whatever. So the only way that that your investments can possibly stay ahead of this kind of a move is to use leverage. Well, and a lot of it, by the way, probably you know four or five times. If you do that and you get the timing wrong, you're going to be in the street. Well, yeah. Why? Two things, Carl. Why? Oh, we don't have that much time, but I have always a million questions for you. How come when the Republicans, the new speaker, we're not to get uh, political here, but the new speaker is, is, is ragging about money for Israel and Ukraine and uh, whatever else the other one was, Taiwan. Uh, yeah. He, he, he wants to pull the money, the fictional money, out of the IRS. The IRS, right. Well, at some point here, even the Republican right wing, God knows what, are going to say, we sort of need some more money, and and these these companies got the dough. We don't want, I don't want the chairman of Microsoft that allegedly owes twenty nine billion dollars the IRS, telling me on national TV he's going to, uh, put you know hide up hide in the courts for ten years. I want the guy in jail if that's the case. I mean, you, uh, have, yeah, you, you <laughs> don't, but I mean, what I'm saying is, sneakily below this, and we don't we got a minute to talk about it. The this inf- this inflationary spiral that they have people in, I mean, maybe I could do it. You probably could do it. I'll bet if we spent a day, two or three of us in a classroom, we have to have Russell because he's got he's got the the, the the people that can do it. The amount of money this inflation has has been a boon to the U.S. government is dramatic. Oh, it's it's absolutely immense. And and what you know, you look at just the budget deficit numbers. And, and then just take the deficit for the last fiscal year. Try to figure out how to zero it. Well, I'm, 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 I'm on kind of a little bit of a different subject. Let's assume... Well, no, well, no you're yeah, not. Yeah, you're, well, you're basically on the same subject, which is that the government has, has profited tremendously from being able to do this. Well, let's, we have, we've gone back to having different... When I used to do people's taxes, there was a bazillion uh, uh, tax brackets. Well, now... Right. The the biggest one, and boy, I'm off the top of my head, Carl, help me here. I think if you make, is it less than forty five or fifty, you pay ten uh, percent, and over that, yeah, it's, it's like ten like percent or something. And like over that, that yeah. and then once you go over fifty, it's twenty two. So if we're talking about the people, like even the auto industry, say they get a thirty percent raise or whatever it is, because they're going to get a bit of a bonus. Well, if you're making forty six, and you get a thirty percent raise. You're basically up to sixty. Well, now on this, on the on ten of the twelve or whatever that is, 
you're paying 22% tax instead of 12. Right. It's a massive increase. Right. Yeah, it's well, I mean, but this is, you know, now here's another interesting thing. So one of the things that has happened um and this is this is going to have a significant impact. This is this may be part of the budgetary this is in the budgetary impact, but I I'm having some trouble teasing it out right now, which is why I haven't, haven't done an article on it yet. Uh, one of the things that Biden did, and it was in, I don't remember exactly which one of these pieces of garbage, you know, 6,000-page legislation it actually showed up in, but it's in there. The Obamacare subsidies, when you got to about $45,000 of income, the, the, there was a cliff. You went from having a subsidy of buying exchange health insurance to having no subsidy. I think it was 50 because... I keep thinking. Well, it well yeah. it was indexed, so yeah. it, it started at about forty one or forty two, and then it went up. But you but you hit. There, there was a serious problem here for small business people in that when you're starting a small business, you are going to end up in that pocket for several years if you are successful before things really take off. Okay, if you're not you're not venture capital funded, you're actually running a company. All right. And and this is one of the reasons that when Obamacare came in, I never did anything entrepreneurial again, because I was not going. My my effective tax rate on that second forty or fifty thousand dollars was was close to a hundred percent. Yeah. As well, a result of this recapture, right? I mean, that's crazy. Gotta, Why would I do that? I don't get to keep any of it. We got a dash, so, but the uh, the uh, the fifty thousand dollar number. I think when you got over that, you got no subsidy on your. You, you well, now this now it's now it's a phase off. Right, but you you, you didn't want to be in a position of making forty four, and four years later making sixty to get you to the same place because now you're paying through the nose. Right, but the, but the point is is that it is no longer a cliff. Now it is a slow phase out. But still, you're you're for the next couple, yeah. but only for the next couple years. Well, take take we got a dash, but take it simple. The 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 Carl Denninger that six years ago paid forty five grand for the pickup. With the eight percent tax, you're talking what, thirty thirty three hundred bucks. Now you're paying eighty grand. You're paying six grand. Who, right. Who, who, and, who gets and, the difference? And, oh, by the way, this this though means that federal revenues go down because that cliff disappeared. Well, next week uh, we got to make a little note, Greg. We got to talk about today. We were all over these subjects and did a pretty good job, I think. Next week we got to talk about how could all the stuff we're talking about today be true. And have the, the the income taxes to the government be down? That's got to be next week's topic. That that number does not compute to me at all. Yeah, no, well that's sit. well that's because the the truth is always in the check register. Nobody ever lets you lie on that one. Uh, yes. S <laughs> <laughs> futures up twenty one. Nasdaq futures up fifty. The uh, back on Monday. Stocks and jacks. Stocks and jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708 349 3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.